Leading a school district is a unique responsibility, and it's clearly not getting any easier. People rely on you for answers to complicated problems, which feels isolating and sometimes unrealistic. Conferences or webinars, even good ones, don't solve problems when you need it. And sitting and staring at slides with someone talking at you doesn't help either. What if there was a better way? What if you belonged to a national, hand-picked community of Java-alike school leaders who could circle up to strategize and solve your most challenging problems when you need it? What if you had access to ongoing content that helped you solve problems and lead every day? There is a better way. When you join Leading Ed Solutions, you'll join a carefully selected, highly committed group of Java-like peers from across the country, a support system beyond your backyard, school leaders helping other school leaders. Real people tracking real issues in real time. Simply submit your challenge. We'll circle you up with your peers to provide solutions. Our content works because it's accessible, practical, and created by proven leaders just like you. You don't have to lead alone. Apply to Leading Ed today and discover why circles are better than rows. I'm going to be introducing to you Dr. Curtis Jones, 2019 Superintendent of the Year. And some of you may know Curtis, and if you don't, you should, and let me introduce you to him. So Dr. Jones, a passionate educator dedicated to developing students as scholars, leaders, and good citizens. He joined the Bibb County School District in April 2015. When he joined the district, Dr. Jones set one of his first long-term goals as raising the district's graduation rate to 90% by 2025. The district has made great gains in improving its graduation rate, which was, at the time, 59% in 2014, and it rose to 76% in 2020. Under his leadership, the Bibb County School District has been cited for its work to advance the district and its students. And I will tell you this, I am deciding right now that I'm going to just lean in and we're going to talk to Curtis because um, this bio relative to the achievements of the Bibb County Schools, as, which really relate and translate to um, Curtis's success as a leader, is, is just too long. It's a long, long list. Um, we have already sent it to you. So let me just uh, pivot and shift and say, welcome, Curtis. It's, uh, we're, we're fortunate to have you. Um, you're our VIP, as your, um, you know, as your background, as your background says. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, I'll tell you, the VIP stands for Victory in Progress. So it's not about me or the individuals that we have who are on our team. It's just coming together, working hard, trying to be one team, making it work. So thank you for letting me join you today. It's exciting. Well, uh, we're fortunate to have you. In fact, it was literally years ago when I first saw the VIP. I want you to know, I looked it up. I said, what? What's the VIP button that he's always wearing? Like I said, years ago. So maybe we start with this. Your challenges are likely very similar to our members, right? So it's been this wild year, right? And for leaders such as yourself, as well as all of our members, so if I were to say, how are you doing? And you were to say, I'm great, everyone would know that you're lying. So how about this? Tell us how you're doing and, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. How have you been? Well, uh, you know, 
it's a mixed answer, to be quite honest. Professionally, we're doing well. My school district has been amazing. As we've gone through this time of uh, COVID, we struggled. In fact, in the middle of it, I had half of my board change. We have eight board members. We went from eight uh, experienced board members to four who were just starting. And prior to that, uh, like across the country, there are all these conversations about, are you going to wear a mask? Are you going to make it mandatory? Are you going to have kids in person? Are you not? And my board was amazing. They decided early on that they wanted that to be a um, operational decision. I shared with them the data. I told them I would follow the science. I sent that to them weekly so they could see where we were going. I gave them indications of what was going to come. And uh, when we decided to delay the start of school from the middle of August to after Labor Day, they said, fine. There was some pushback in the community. There were some parents who wanted to get to work, uh, but the board hung strong. And then later, they were able to say, this is what we're going to do. And then on a personal level, uh, I now have two vaccine shots from COVID-19. My wife has gotten her two shots. My mother, who is 90, has gotten hers. No one in my close family has uh, died from COVID. In fact, no one has actually contracted it. So overall, we are okay. But like everybody else, we're fearful of where we are. I saw today in Georgia that they are prioritizing educators and teachers and kind of moving them up the list, which is a great thing. No longer being an employee, I think my next shot will, my first shot, right, will be in maybe 2024, it seems. Um, but I'm <laughs> thankful that you're doing great. Now, I will tell you, our members submit questions. Here was a dilemma, Curtis, that um, when I announced you would be with us, I had too many questions sent to me. So I definitely had to prioritize and squish some things together. So here's one. You've had some really good results. And most talk equity, but Bibb County has actually made progress and it has data to show for it. You've kind of proven your commitment to equity. So what are the key leadership strategies that you believe have had the biggest impact um, from the superintendent seat? I think what we were able to do was go with those who had a love for passion and wanted to be successful. Keith Simmons was my chief of staff at the time, and Keith had this passion about equity where he wanted to make things work. And we started out with something that we knew could be a victory. In our district, the history had been that high schools got new technology, and then what they had on hand got passed to middle schools, and if anything was left, it got passed to elementary schools. So when you talk equity, are you talking equity about race? You're talking about equity about social uh, class or what? For us, it turned out to be about how do we take care of everybody in our community? We're a minority majority district and we decided the school that had the oldest technology, which were elementary schools, got it first. And that first principal said to me, I've never gotten anything new like this before. We then went and said, we're going to have a building project because we had e-splash funds. And what we did was we went on what they call the other side of the river, the part of the district that was ignored, uh, Northeast High School. And when I walked through that building, it was like walking through the movie, I Lean on Me. The walls had three different coats of paint on them. They had uh, information that was in graffiti format. And the principal said, look at this. The lockers were beaten up, bent down, not operational. We just finished building a new school for them, and it tied in with the community's plan as well. 
So I think if you lean in on what people's real passions are and they see that you're serious and you follow through with money, commitment and time, uh, you'll be able to make it work. And that's what we did here. So before I move on to the next question, I just want to do a follow up on that. As, as you okay. commit to equity and you gave some, some prime examples, because that sometimes is what equity is, right? You, you have to find what the needs are. It doesn't mean equal. And you have to align your funds and your efforts to the needs of the community and the kids. Um, did you experience pushback? And if so, how did you handle that as the top leader in the district? I did experience pushback. Um, that school that we talked about was a high school that was built in the 50s. We had another elementary school that was built in the early 60s, uh, and it was one of our highest performing schools. And it was one of our schools that had the most higher percentage of white kids in it. And there was a desire to have that school become the school that got the building project. Uh, but I'll just be honest, we just said to our leaders and we said to the board and we said to the community, this is where the need needs to go. If you look at how the dollars are given to us from the state, this school is the one that's getting the most uh, support if we actually build it first. And so this is what we need to do. And it was the oldest. And so they went along with that. And I, so I, that was the pushback we got. But I think you just deal with it with honesty. Well, I applaud you. And I think that commitment to equity um, does definitely align to some of the results you've experienced. So well done. And as you know, over the past year, we've had this significant awakening, I call it, in our country relative to issues of racial inequity and injustice. So tragedy can give birth to opportunity, as you know. So maybe what are some of your hopes for the future? My hope is that we'll be able to get away from testing and be able to focus more on what I call strength of character. Um, it has been a very difficult time and our students have gone from Black Lives Matter to the different movements and they want to understand. And in some cases you have parents who don't want to talk about those issues. Here in Macon Bib, we have our own issues with that as well. And so my hope is that this idea that we want to have students who really see the world as it is and recognize what they can do to make it better will help us get to a place where we want to be. So I'm believing now that you need to have student portfolios. Students need to be involved in community service. They need to see how they can truly make a difference. And then the last thing is my hope is that we will hire employees that have the values that we want to see in place. If you don't hire the right people, they're not going to be able to do those things you want them to do when you're not there watching over their shoulders. And so your district values need to align with your personal values and the values in the places where you want to go. Appreciate it. And Curtis, we have several districts who have um, really been focusing and putting a lot of work, even in the past year, to uh, the concept of diversity, equity, inclusivity, and, you know, increasing the cultural competency of students and adults, increasing diversity in the workforce. You know the list as it relates to, you know, trying to kind of move the dial specific to, to this work. But could you help them prioritize? What would you identify, and you just did that a little bit, but identify like the must do, the must have, or you know, the top two things, things that you would advise them to focus on? I think the first thing you focus on is where your board wants to go. If your board doesn't want to be involved in this work, then 
it's not going to be successful. And once you figure out where they want to go, then you need to figure out where that line is that you can get up to but not cross and be willing to take them to that edge and let them see. I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing you have to do is engage your community, your community partners, the major businesses, the other government agencies that are there, and get them all to go into it together so it's not just you. And don't forget your university partners as well, because that will show that this is not just you, but it's what the community has now decided we need to do. And I will remind you, it's an economic impact as well. You'll be able to create a better workplace, better employees, and a place where businesses and families would want to move to. And then I think, again, the last part is recruiting the right people. you got to be able to ask the right questions in interviews to make sure that at the end of the day, these people are putting up on their Facebook page things that you can be proud of and not have to go back and research and say, hey, that was a bad hire. We didn't do enough background check on social media before we hired this person. Well, um, I will tell you this, Curtis, your, your, your board's going to appreciate that answer as they should. I think that's um, a sage advice. As you know, getting ahead of those that you are answering to and serving and can create surprises that um, can actually do a disservice to the work, especially with something as important and with ac as equity. So I really uh, appreciate that. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question as I just asked Noel because we had some members say you should. And this is the question, equity, politics, and optimism don't always mix. So what advice do you have for our leaders during this really unusual time? That was a hard one, I'm gonna be quite honest. I think you as a leader have to stay optimistic about what it is you're trying to do. And I think you have to stay realistic in what it is that you're able to accomplish and recognize, and, and I hate to say this, but everybody doesn't see right as the same thing. What you believe is right may not be what someone else does. Their perception is going to be different. And so as you're talking to politicians, in some ways, it's what's going to get the most votes. And sometimes they don't want to step out and do what you and I may consider to be what's right. I think we have to work with them and move them along and recognize that it's not a a horse race, but it's a marathon, and we're trying to move it to get better. And then lastly, I would say, think about, I'll just say this, the heroes I have in my schools are the white children who are in a majority minority school. It's amazing because they have options of private school, homeschool, et cetera. You need someone in the building who they can identify with and see as a role model and say, yes, this, is some, this works for me and someone their parents can partner with as well. I think you have to have all that together so that, again, you're partnering with the community and parents and students to be successful in that uh, relationship. So uh, this next question is really, it was, it was planned, but it almost is a follow-up on what you just said. So could you describe to us recommendations on leadership strategies and maybe even common mistakes that white leaders can make during this time as they begin to focus on equity initiatives because that creates its own nuance at times and we're curious about what you see. One, I think you need to talk to uh, your counterparts and be seen as being authentic. You cannot come across as someone who has just jumped on the bandwagon to go with the latest trend. 
you can't be seen as someone who is just paying lip service, but you have to be sincere. I think a best practice or strategy that I would use in trying to do that is, again, uh, I'll just tell you a quick story. I had a student who was, I was high school principal. The student and the mom were having difficulties, complained. I saw them come storming out of my assistant principal's office. And when they came out, uh, the mom yelled, I am not going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to see the principal. And the assistant principal looked down the hall and said, he's right there. And the mom said, look, there's another one. I'm going downtown. She went downtown, saw the assistant superintendent. He sent her back because he happened to be African-American as well. I happened to have someone on my staff who understood that. And he is now one of my assistant superintendents. But he was able to help me with that situation. Every situation is an individual uh, experience. And we have to see them that way. And those experiences will add up over time. And so I would say, make sure you have people on your team who, and it's a diverse team, and you do your best to have diversity in as many locations as you can, and they're all culturally competent, and they have the same vision that you do. Um, and that's hard, because sometimes people don't want to talk about those things. But that's where you really get to know your team. It's not just working hard. It's getting to know them on a personal level to see what their motivations are as well. You know, Curtis, um, as you know, this is Black History Month. And one thing that we have been doing is um, interviewing and talking with black leaders, educational leaders, because there is a dramatic underrepresentation of African-American men and women in leadership positions. And I think one of the best things we could do, I can do, is to highlight some of their perspectives their success and kind of create hope for the future, which is exactly what you're doing for us right now. But let me ask you this, right? As an African-American leader, you just said earlier in the conversation that you have to understand that your values may not align to values of people that you're serving within your community. So how do you, as you know, an African-American leader, have the patience and um, the ability to have empathy for others who may have an opinion that doesn't align to what you know as a black leader? So one thing that I think we all can practice on is being able to see things in multiple ways. And you've seen some of those visuals where it, there's a picture and they say, is that an old woman? Or is that a young woman? And you're able to see it and talk through it. I just went through that exercise with my leadership team where we're able to say, here's a picture, but people can see different things. We need to be able to recognize that and recognize that their perceptions are their realities. Uh, I think I just happen to be fortunate. Uh, obviously, I grew up in a, a black home, but I went to West Point. Uh, my roommate at that time was from uh, Alabama. And I'll be honest, he told me I was the first colored person he ever met. I don't think that was true, but he was telling me where he was coming from. He had a Confederate flag that he would put over his nameplate. I had to learn to deal with that. And I had to learn to deal with some of those individuals in the military as well. And when I got to be a leader, I had to recognize that I wanted to be a leader who happened to be black, not a black leader. I think you have to be able to share that story with others and get them to see that uh, perspective. And again, I'll go back and say, like my parents who put me in a situation to be with the majority population, 
You have to be willing to see how they see things and recognize that in some cases they're just fearful and don't know how to respond to the changing demographics. And we as leaders have to recognize that even though our schools, the majority of them are now becoming majority minority, that's not where America is as a whole. And so we are at the front edge of that and we're setting the stage for the changes that are coming. And they're looking for us for that leadership. Last point, we also have to be careful what we teach our kids. Uh, Years ago, I saw a history book that talked about the war of Northern aggression, the war of Northern aggression and the things that they taught. And in some cases still do. That's what leads to adults of today having some of the attitudes that they have. And so it's important what is taught, how it's taught, and who teaches it. And I think we have to recognize that there are long-term impacts for that, which is why, again, I think community service can help us get out of this. You know, Dr. Jones, your community is uh, blessed and fortunate to have you at the helm. And we are so appreciative of your time and your input and your guidance to us. We believe leaders learn best from other leaders. And for us to hear directly from you on some of these really, really important topics um, is really appreciated. And um, we just know how lucky we are. So I want to say thank you. It's great seeing you again. And I look forward to seeing you in the future. Thank you, Jeff. Glad to be with you.